What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 56 of the Size Up by National Fire Radio, because what you do off the job matters. And it really does. And I say this every episode, especially since we came up with the catchphrase. But when I think about it, we spend way more time off the job than we do on the job. And we tend to not want to celebrate that. We tend to not want to highlight that. And I just saw before I started uh, this recording, I was on social media because, you know, that's what we all do. Let's all not pretend like we don't sit here all day like this because that's what we do. It's right there. And uh, one of my former guests was kind of telling a little bit of his story and just talking about spending that time off the job and how important it was. And I'm excited today because my guest is in a field that I am moderately familiar with, but not really a pro at, like, at all. So he's going to hopefully shed some light on what it is he does when he's not in the firehouse and what he does when he is in the firehouse, too. So Jake Levesque, welcome to the Size Up, man. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, no worries. And if you're watching on YouTube, which I know I say this, I know a lot of you are listening, but Jake just has this awesome setup behind him of just not really fire stuff, definitely not fire stuff, but just a cool background. And I'm really jealous of the fact that I don't have a cool background like you, I feel like. Oh, uh, you're getting there. You got the black wall, so you're already stepping up a little bit. <laughs> right. Well, also too, when I designed this office or whatever you want to call it, you know, where, where, where I do my podcast from, it was not to do podcast. It was just to be a place to throw all my crap. <laughs> right. You'll see, you'll, you'll change it. Like every few months, you're going to find something else to do with it. It's already, if, if you've paid it again, if you've been watching, you'll see the desk is moving slowly down. Like everything is going this way a little bit in it. So I'm, I'm trying to get to get a better background. Um, but let the folks know, you know, who you are, where you're from, what it is you do, um, and that kind of stuff, how we kind of met. Sure. My name is uh, Jake Levesque. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts, or just north of Boston. I've been a fireman for about 26 years. I um, joined the military and became a fireman in the Air Force. And then I got hired at, uh, uh, well, you really can't say Area 51. It's called the Nevada <laughs> Testing Training Range. And I was a fireman out there for about three years under a private contract. Then I got hired with the city of North Las Vegas as a fireman. And I've been with them for 18 years now. But as of two years ago, because of the video production background that I started in 2016, that allowed me to get the public information officer position with the North Las Vegas Fire Department. So for the last, this May will be two years, I've been the PIO for what we call Northtown. And that is a full-time job off the rig, you know, doing full-time, your own PIO stuff. Uh, I went from the 48 hour, 48 on, 96 off to Monday through Thursday, 10 hour days. But because a big part of my job is the social media part, uh, now my job is seven days a week <laughs> for sure. 24 <laughs> hours a day, seven days. A oh, week. it's nonstop. Like, and, and I think too, you know, we can just, even before we get into more of your, your background, be more on the, the PIO subject. Cause I have not had a PIO on the podcast yet. You know, that job 10 years ago was very different than it is now due to that social media part. It is. I, I, I'd have to say 45 to 55% of my job now is social media. And because I have a fire chief that is so forward in social media, he allowed me just to take it over and do what I want. And in the process, we actually revolutionized recruiting with social media, where before I got hired, we could only get about 100 applicants. This application period alone, in the first three months, we were up to 1,000 applicants. Oh, my God. And all because of social media. We, 
right? And everyone that we interview says the same thing. We see how you are in social media and like their number one saying is, you guys have fun, but you look like you train hard too. We want to be with North Las Vegas. And that's awesome too, because you do have, I guess, to the south of you, a, a bit of a larger department and city, I would imagine, right? They, they probably yeah, dwarf so we you guys or no? Well, we have the city of Las Vegas, Clark County Fire Department, Henderson Fire, Fire Department, and Boulder, all within the same valley. But the good thing is between Clark County, which are the yellow fire trucks, if you've ever been to Vegas, uh, and the city of Las Vegas, uh, as well as us, we do um, uh, uh, not mutual aid. It's basically the closest unit. We, okay. we share responsibilities. So if we have a fire station on the border of the city of Las Vegas, the closest unit will go. Borders don't matter. Oh, borders do not matter. In our, can you, uh, in our can you say that again? Because that, that's a genius statement that, you know, oh, my God, the house across the street's on fire. We're going to go put it out, not sit here and wait right? for someone to call me. And that's the same for medical calls as well. Um, it doesn't matter. Closest unit will always get it. The only fire department that doesn't do that is Henderson. They're a little bit more south of us. And um, I mean, if if it was actual someone dying, I'm sure they would do it, but they don't run in the same dispatch center as us uh, as of now. And that too, you're all dispatched from the same place, which probably everyone but Henderson and Boulder. Yep. So, which again is, is, is that forward thinking kind of like your chief with social media, however long ago that they started that to be like, we can make this better if we work together. Yeah. And the bigger department pays for the bigger chunk of it. The small departments pay a little part. So we're all chipping our money in together. So, um, you know, Eventually, hopefully we get Henderson in on it because it just, when you think of Las Vegas, you don't think of Clark County, Las Vegas, North Las Vegas. Technically, we're all just one big bowl. Just for the record on the podcast, I have been to Las Vegas several times. I have not spent much time outside in Las Vegas. Uh, no, when I was the there. So I, I know what the inside of a lot of places look like. And, and maybe I crossed a street or two <laughs> once right. or twice. <laughs> But, well, but that's that good. once area. you get to North Las Vegas, that's we're the rough area that is over the last 10 years, we've went from the rough gang area to actually we're just like a prosperous city. We have uh, industry has just been coming left and right. We probably have 15 Amazon facilities. Our restaurant row is all growing. It's basically the crime is actually going down and this the city's finally getting to be a really good city. Which is awesome. That's an awesome yeah. part to be in and an awesome part to see when you get to see that kind of success story happening. And I know there's there's stats out there that like Las Vegas is one of the fastest growing areas in the country, I believe, for residential yes. structures. Yes. And the what, 20, 21 years that I've been here now, uh, if you every time you turn a corner, you see another stick farm going up. So the building is always just going and going and going. Which again, on, on, in our careers, you know, on the fire side, new construction generally means less fires, except while they're constructing that new construction, right. we tend to, to right. have larger fires while that's happening. Right. Um, but with that influx of people is just medical call on top of medical call on top of medical call. Yeah, which we don't like as firefighters, but <laughs> we're actually a transporting department now for the last five years now. And so we get the brunt of that. Oh, so that had to be and a as big well change over too. Yeah, and when a new neighborhood goes goes in, normally we would um, need a fire station around it. So, like our fire station fifty eight, which is being built right now, is actually being built by the builders. Which we've again, had other fire forward stations, thinking, right? Right, and we other fire, fire. Yeah, 
other builders have bought us fire apparatus before. As soon as they hit a certain number of houses built, they would buy us an, a new engine. So they're basically keeping up with the the insurance status of we build houses. Yes. This is how we can help you get in here to keep building houses. Yep. Which so. that too, it's not just your fire chief, but that is a great government like fire department working together partnership there. Yeah. Fire department, city leadership and be, being here 21 years or with North Las Vegas for 18 years, I've seen the influx of leadership come in and out. And right now we just have great leadership all around. Which is a huge part of that collaboration. And that is, again, a, I feel like it's a constant theme of the size up. Whoever I have on, we get into some kind of a collaboration talk, mm -hmm. whether it's what they do off the job or how their job works. It just sounds like yours is working. Right now, it's humming along in good collaboration. <laughs> it, it really is. And it's it's funny, too, because now that I'm the PIO, I, I, I spend time with the politicians here and there, helping them out. Or um, they'll come to some of the events we put on. And when you're sitting at the kitchen table at the firehouse, you know, everything they do is wrong. But when you actually have the conversation with them and listen to them, you're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Maybe I, I didn't quite put that on the table when we were talking and when I was, you know, bitching up a storm. But at 3 a.m. You know, with a cup I of coffee, it. very angry. And then I'll go you. back to the firehouse and, and try to explain, well, you know, they're actually doing it like this. And they're like, get out of here. Go away, PIO. <laughs> You're like, but I really saw it. Look, go watch this social media clip, which probably gets right. you thrown out even faster. <laughs> <laughs> but that too, that's another part of probably what it is you do as the PIO is highlighting those collaborations and those partnerships. And maybe not just that the politicians showed up at an event you had, but they participated in some way yes. and they got to experience it, right? Yeah. And then whenever we, uh, public outreach is the other part of my job. So, and we have the greatest public outreach, like we, oh man, our department, I'd say we're probably top 10 in the country with public outreach. We're doing events every other week. We're really trying to get the community involved. And a lot of these um, politicians that we're working with now, you know, whether we invite them or they'll say, Hey, that's a great event. And they'll ask if they can come to our next one. And, and, yeah, and that's it's a just thing too. great relationship. Social media wise is, is cultivating that relationship, you know, yes. like where I am here in the East coast, we're not far from New York city. Um, mm -hmm. and they have a huge lithium ion battery problem there right now. Just the way the city is set up, the way folks can get themselves around, let's mm -hmm. say, and it's causing them to have a great deal of lithium ion battery fires. I feel like the FDNY social media accounts are not just highlighting the problem, but trying to explain why it shouldn't be, you know, trying to right. educate people on why you shouldn't do things this way. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's like the other power of social media. You can use it for recruitment you can use it to highlight the fun you have for hiring. You can use it for PSAs. It's like, how much does it cost to put a PSA on a TV network on one of the, you know, one of the, one of the local channels, it's probably like five to 10 grand to just to get a five second segment on in between the news cycle, your social media is free. And nobody's watching the news cycle anyway. Exactly. Anymore. Unless you're in a firehouse and you have the local yeah, news yeah. on the TV 24 yeah. seven, right? Yeah. I have a demographic. It's like, if you're above 65, you're on Facebook and the local news and anything below that you're on Instagram through all the way to TikTok. And even too, it gives you that instant notification system, you mm -hmm. know, where you see a lot of departments like, uh, you know, a storm is coming or, um, I know we use it in my department for our code blue, um, mm -hmm. that, you know, the code blue shelters are open, um, 
just as a basic thing that we put out, but or like, again, a storm is coming, roads are closed, there's fire department activity in this area, please avoid it. Right. Yeah. And, and who would have thought, and I guess this is a good way to kind of circle back, you know, because I don't think your forward thinking fire chief just was like, hey, who wants to be the PIO? Raise your hand. Right. They, they probably knew you had a little a little something, something happened in there in the tank on the, on the, on the back end. So yeah. how did your end of digital media start or when did it start even? Uh, so back in 2016, uh, me and my wife just went through a lot of stuff trying to have uh, a child and it just, it didn't work out for us. So we decided like, okay, maybe we weren't meant to be parents and um, uh, let's just try to live life to the fullest and, and be the best aunt and uncle we can be to all our friends, kids. And that was going fine for a while, but working that 4896 schedule, you have a lot of time off. You have a lot of time to be in your own head. So I needed an outlet and I'm a pretty athletic person. And I used to do handstands and all this gymnast stuff. And I was like, I think I'm going to buy a drone, do handstands on cliffs and go viral. <laughs> I bought the drone. It's such a cliff. fireman story right, right there. Like, yeah, like, not right. Like, I, I'm going to buy a drone and try to go viral or like, I'm right? going to just try to, you know, eat a lot of food and go viral. I'm going to do handstands on cliff edges on a cliff, right? while videoing myself with a drone. I love it. Love every yeah. minute of it, man. How'd that yeah, work out and for you? my wife told me, I, I'm, I used to skydive all the time too. My wife's like, I don't want you to skydive anymore. So I was like, all right, well, handstands with a drone. That, that's what it's going to be. This is so much safer. I'm not that close to the edge. I can make <laughs> yeah. it look like I'm right on the edge with a drone. Exactly. I swear. Uh, but anyways, I, got I the too, drone. sir, am married. I too, sir, am married and have an adrenaline type issue. So I understand how these conversations can go. Yeah, right. Some people just don't have that switch. Firemen do not have that off switch to, hey, it's not that bad. Maybe I shouldn't do this. I won't go on windy days. I swear it'll be like, you know, right. less than 10 miles an hour. I swear. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I got the drone and my buddy was a real estate agent. And he's like, why don't you start trying to fly that drone for real estate? And at the time in the real estate market, they were just kind of doing exterior um, drone shots. and the, But there was no real video on the insides of houses. There was just like pictures, um, nothing great. So I did the drone. I that, Here's a, the, the greatest story. Before I started the video stuff, I had my midlife crisis because we couldn't have kids. So I bought a brand new Corvette. I only had it for a year because it was way too expensive. But I launched but the drone up. Oh, my God. It was so good. Launched the drone up. And I'm trying to get the shot I want for my buddy's house that he's, he's trying to sell. And I back into a tree, the drone falls out of the sky and comes this close to my Corvette. And I'm like, oh my God, are you, are you kidding me? That just happened. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a mess. But anyways, uh, fixed the drone, started flying real estate. And then I, I just, you know, you search online trying to find different things to do. And I started noticing cameras start to go inside houses to do the video tours. So I bought a camera and I literally taught myself everything on YouTube. I call it YouTube University. I learned everything about drones, everything about uh, cameras. And I started just basically doing real estate videos for real estate agents. And then that turned into just me messing around, taking pictures of my wife and making these small videos for friends. And next thing I know, I started putting my stuff on Instagram and YouTube and I just started getting phone calls and um, uh, the real estate kind of went out the window and I kind of started shooting towards fashion. 
um, a production company came to Vegas. They saw a couple of my YouTube videos and they're like, we want you to fly the drone with a girl on a gown on top of a cliff or a, a mountain. <laughs> and once they saw the rest of my stuff, they said, we don't even care about the drone anymore. We just want you to, to um, film, uh, awesome. just film everything for us. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a whirlwind. And on top of that, I mean, I guess I left, forgot the most important part. Do you know who uh, TJ Lavin is? The uh, ex BMX yeah. guy or BMX guy. He um, does the, the challenge show. For sure. Well, he's my neighbor. I met him through a friend um, in, uh, it also in 2016, met him through, met him through a friend at a coffee shop. At Star we, we go to Starbucks with these old guys every morning and we just have a blast. But he invited me to Thailand with him for one of his uh, shows. And I spent two weeks in Thailand. I brought my drone with me and I ended up giving the, the producer uh, my drone footage and he used it on the show. And I was like, are you kidding me? I just got, and I actually got to see what a production looks like, yeah, which yeah. really got me more into it. And then two years later, I go to Spain and this time they're paying me to fly the drone for about, for, I spent about a month with them in Spain flying my drone for MTV show, The Challenge. Which is, so. uh, that's like the story you don't hear, right? Oh, like yeah. here I am waiting for you to tell me you went to college for digital media, but then we're like, yeah. ah, the, the 9-11 happened and the army was, the air force was calling. So I did that yeah. and forgot my passion and became a firefighter and that became my passion. And no, instead you were like, yeah, I want to take videos University. of myself on cliffs doing handstands. <laughs> right. And, uh, after that, I, uh, I did a wedding um, and my wedding videos turned into like your typical camcorder looking down the aisle that people spend thousands of dollars for that I make like these cinematic movie events. And again, I'd, these aren't my ideas. I just started looking on YouTube, trying to find videos that I like and I would pick pieces from different videos and then I'd storyboard them together. I'm like, okay, next time I shoot a wedding, I'm going to shoot it just like this. And it kind of just went through the roof and I started doing weddings and um uh i don't do weddings anymore because they're horrible <laughs> but uh, i started doing that and soon enough this is where the story gets real crazy is that production company that was working the uh fashion thing in vegas it's called magic they asked me if i want to go to iceland with them oh, in dude, two weeks i was just there so it's amazing isn't it best, best place it's, i've ever been oh to. my god it's expensive but best amazing place. right um, and then I went to Iceland and next, um, now I'm filming fashion in Iceland with just five Ukrainian models and just like traveling everywhere, going from one end of Iceland to the other, just doing videos and pictures. And then as soon as I get home, um, I get a call from, uh, Manuela Testolini, who is Prince's ex-wife before he died. She was married to him before he died. Okay. Um, one of the girls that I was in Iceland with, she works with another foundation um, with this uh, Manuela person. And she invited me to go to Africa. And I spent a month in Africa filming a documentary on building schools and teaching women how to sew so they can sew their own clothes. All right. So this, this podcast has totally taken a different turn of where it was because I saw you had some amazing stuff, but now you have some amazing stories that go along with it. And I right. feel like this part of your life, and I don't want to get too much into your personal life if you don't, if you're not comfortable with it, but it kind of was born out of a not so good part of your life. Cause, cause my wife and I too, we, we did deal it with really fertility was. issues 
And I kind of know where that goes. You know, we were fortunate over time that the things were able to help us, but so many of us in the emergency services, you know, not only do we deal with what we deal with at work, but then we have our own personal struggles. And when you put those two things together, that is like a recipe for disaster. It, it really, it really is. Yeah. And, and I feel like yeah, you were able I, to kind of really turn that in a way that I don't even think you thought it was going to be a turn, right? Like, no, I, I had, I had no idea. And everything, it was like a snowball effect. One turned into the, to the other. And like, who can say that from YouTube, I flew a drone for MTV to I'm in Africa with Prince's ex-wife filming documentaries. It, it was, yeah, it's hard to explain. Yeah. And it's not, it, and I, I, should I, say I actually too. lost you on my, you got me now. You're uh, you broke. No, you're completely gone and you sound like a robot right now. Oh, that's interesting. How about now? Nothing has changed. No, you get me now. See. Oh, there you go. You're back. Gotcha. Okay. I was going to say nothing changed. Gotcha. Or that okay. could have just been you. We'll see. We'll see how it goes in the, in the, <laughs> in the editing process, right? If they catch yeah. on to that, cause I'm looking and everything is still showing me it's all good. Um, so yeah, so you, you were able to take that and just kind of, like I said, I, I don't think you knew it was going to happen, right? No, had, had, had no idea. Had like, again, I was, I bought the drone to do handstands to go viral. But then through YouTube too, and I actually, I talked about this with, with our mutual friend, Brett, a little bit about like YouTube university and what you can learn from there. Um, right. What I think is crazy is my son. So I have two sons. My older one is in eighth grade. He took digital photography and now he's taking digital music this semester. Mm -hmm. And for digital photography, I'm like, what do we, we have to get you a camera. And he's like, no, we all, we all just use our phones, dad. It's just use your phone. Duh. It's digital. Right. Okay. I feel like an idiot. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, think when we were learning how to change oil or whatever, we get those big books from AutoZone that, you know, uh, Jeep Cherokee for dummies, basically. Now they can go on YouTube and watch a three-step process on how to change the oil. Unfortunately, today's youth, they don't know how to change <laughs> they're oil. They're not looking at how to change the oil. <laughs> no, they're not. They're looking on how to go viral like I was as a grown man. <laughs> you know, you speak to that, though. It's a little bit of a fireman thing, though. When you go to like a car accident, it's like a brand new car. And we open up the hood and we all just stand there and we're like, that's a big piece of plastic. I don't, I don't understand what to yeah. do here. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> what is this? And then someone will be like, hold on, I'll Google it. Like, where is the battery on this car? Yep. <laughs> that's it. But I mean, that, that going viral too, you know, I, I've been, I guess in the 10 years I've, I've kind of been in the social media arena, I've, I don't think I've ever gone viral. I've had some good things really work out well mm -hmm. for me and been able to kind of do what you did, where you parlay that into the next thing. And it's something that, again, explaining to kids now, you have to do that. You can't just give up on one big thing. No, no. I mean, every successful person failed how many times, yep. right? And, and so that, that's a huge part of it too, you know? And then also when I'm looking at your story, like you put yourself in those positions, like clearly one of the models you worked with was like, this dude is a little bit something different than everybody else. Let me yeah. tell someone else about him. And you just keep growing, which kind of along the wedding line, you know, I know a couple of wedding photographers, um, one who happens to be a firefighter who now does not do weddings anymore either, because he's like, this is horrible. I'm never doing yeah, this again are. in my life. But, you know, you, you get that kind of a, that's the best kind of word of mouth, you know? Yeah. And, and even to this day, I never advertise. I only 
work through word of mouth, especially with this new position that I'm in as a PIO. I don't have a lot of time anymore. So now I get to pick and choose the clients I want. And uh, <laughs> speaking about uh, what you were saying, how, um, you know, the model saw something in me that day I was out there shooting with them in Vegas when they wanted me to go to Iceland with them. They actually already asked another person to go to Iceland with them. And then over the weekend I was working with them, they, I mean, he was equally as good as doing videos and photography as I was, if not a little bit better, but I just seemed to be a lot nicer. I was, they chose me because of my personality basically. So, and I, and I took that and they even told me that when I was in Iceland, they're like, you were just so easy to work with. The other guy wasn't. And, and, and I can so. say that from my end of working with producers and photographers and, you know, going to a project where I don't know who the person is, is filming anything or, or, or something. And a lot that there's a lot to be said for that, how you act in public and how you act towards the people you're working with. There really is. And us being, you know, firefighters, I consider uh, the fire department a customer service, right? That's exactly what we're doing. We're going to people's houses and we're providing them a service. I've been nice to people my entire life, but I've learned how to be really nice to people, except especially for those calls that really shouldn't be calls. You know, you kill them with kindness. And I, and I, and I take that um, very serious. And, and I try to kill everyone with kindness because you don't know the day that they were having when they were being so angry. Everyone's battling their own demons at, at some point. So kill them with kindness, go back to the kitchen table at work, and then uh, let it all out at the kitchen table with the guys that saw everything. I feel like that kill them with kindness, though, that is something you get in about like year six or so, maybe seven. Because, you know, in the beginning, you're just so amped up. Right. You know, like I, I, I can almost tell you the fire I was at where I realized it was the the, the fire was out, right? So we were done with our big, you know, the adrenaline rush of it. And we started helping the folks get some of their stuff out of the house. And it meant so much to them because a lot of the population where I work, you know, they, it's a single room occupancy. Their entire life is in that room right now. So whether it be a TV, whether it be a phone charger, some clothes, whatever we can do to help them. And when you take that type of an attitude and put it into everything you do, it really changes you. It really does. Yeah. And, and again, like, uh, I, I always think of like running calls, you're going to that person's most intimate situation. It's when they're out there, it's like they're in a dire need for something. They called 911 and they trusted you not knowing you. They could be hoarders. They can be really poor. They can be rich. It doesn't matter what their demographic is. They called you and they trust you the second you walk through that door and like to break that trust by being angry with them. I think that, uh, that would be a big mistake. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and sometimes too, it's not even anger, even though I know it's anger and I've been angry and I've seen two anger o'clock in the morning. Out. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you it. It's, it's always going to come out, <laughs> but it's also that focus, right? Where like you, you get focused on the situation, not the people. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes cause the people necessarily don't have to, you can fix the situation. You can't fix the people. So let me fix this. Right. And then right. you're just kind of standing there. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's exactly. very hard to teach that skill, you know, and, and I'm trying now cause I, 
uh, so I have 20 years on the job and I'm a captain. Okay. So part of my day when it comes to teaching the younger generation, that part of my job, it's not just how we're going to force the door or how we're going to do this. And, and to be dead honest, most of them are teaching me how to do it with newer techniques that they learned on, right. on YouTube. Right. And, and I got to take that more now. I feel like my goal is that like, Hey, look, you know, I got to be a little nicer to these folks next time. Or like, did you see the way I talked to those people? Like I was really annoyed at them. Could you tell? Cause I don't feel like they could tell I was annoyed at them. Then was I, you know what I look like annoyed. Um, and it's a good give and take. I feel like in, in society these days. No, it is. And with the young guys, you have to make that example because like, that's why I hate when the young guys go to the real veteran stations and then they, they fall into the pitfall of everyone griping and complaining. And I'm like, guys, you can't do that because now they're going to gripe and complain for the next 30 years. You got to show them everything, show them all the positive. And then I always tell, what I tell new guys is when you're vested, then you can start talking shit back to us until you're vested. <laughs> you just give it five sure. years. I go, always stick up for yourself. Don't let yourself be bullied, but just wait five years. Like if I see a new guy sitting at the kitchen table and they're, and they're uh, complaining about upper management. I'm like, guys, you're not, you're not there yet. You don't even know this person. Your complaint is from a guy that's been on 20 years that's complaining and you're just mirroring what he says. You need to be on five years to form your own opinion. Yeah, and that, that guy that's been here 20 years has worked for seven different battalion chiefs and nine exactly. different captains and worked with different yeah. people and did these things. Yep. Like you're, You can't just base it off one person that you've worked for. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or one situation, it's not going to work well exactly. for you. Because like, we all get them. We have the positive people. We have the negative people. And, and you know, you just got to, you got to just put, lead them down the right path, I guess. Yeah, no. And, and that's a big part of it too, that, that they don't really tell you about when you sign up for it, you know, like that this is going to happen. And again, you can't blame the new person because they're just so excited. I mean, I still remember the yeah. excitement and yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's there. Giant, and I get to see it in, when you hire new people. Yeah. They just want to yep. learn, man just want to have a good time. They want to do the job. They want to do it well. Um, and then I look back and I remember that. I'm like, Jesus, what happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> but 20 years though, that's, that's, that's pretty good. 20 years it's already. pretty good. I got five yeah. more years to go. Uh, that's, we, can, that's awesome. we can retire at 25, which is crazy to think that, but it was just the other day was, was 20 years for me. Um, so it, it's pretty good. It's been a ride. I can tell you that much. And then I've been kind of 10 years in this social media game with, with starting a not-for-profit and, and getting involved with all that. Um, and, and, you know, Instagram was so different 10 years ago. And I try to teach people that all the time. Like it is not what it was. You have to look at it through a different lens. It, yeah, it really, and that's kind of what um, our city management is now seeing because our, our fire department, social media, I've grown it up to, 30, almost 37,000 followers. And which is huge right now. Yeah, it's huge. And the, 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 the city social media, they're at like 6,000 and they're kind of put a lot of pressure on me because they got jealous about how much <laughs> I, attention I brought on the fire yeah. department. And they were upset that they weren't getting that type of attention. And I like, now I'm actually advising them as of a couple of weeks ago, they, they kind of asked, Hey, we need your help. So I kind of just had to explain to him, we are part of you. Your social media isn't pictures of city hall. Your social media is fire, parks and recs, uh, police, um, public works. Your social media, your direct page should reflect a little bit of everybody, not just pictures of city hall. And that kind of like blew their mind. And actually just this last Thursday, I was out filming with the uh, 
the the North Las Vegas Police Department, just doing simple little why why did I want to be a cop? Trying to bring attention to why people want to be police officers, and it's actually going pretty crazy for them right now. So now they appreciate it. I told them when they were like giving me crap about it, it's like that's like yelling at your second kid. Like we're all part of this together, you know. <laughs> So one of your kids is really successful. The other one isn't. Does that mean that the successful one is a bad kid? No. You have no chance. But we're we're all finally getting along and we're actually pushing the city forward. So that's 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 always good. I think that's a big thing too, because you know, in the past it was always, well, you're firemen, everybody loves you and you're good. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. the, the police is a little bit different, but that's not what society wants anymore. They want stories. You know, they, they yes. want to see your sanitation worker who the little kid brings a cupcake to every Thursday. You know, the, the exactly. stories that I see on yeah. social media, right? Yeah. Yeah. Always. And then that's what I, I, uh, you know, some police departments, you know, when you, you see the viral videos with the cops playing basketball or playing catch with the kids, some city, they won't let you do that. They're like, oh, you're on yeah. duty. You can't do that. We're encouraged as a fire department to, if we see kids playing basketball, to jump out and play basketball. And it's not like they're telling us to do it. It's something that we've always done. So I asked them if, if they allow the police to do that. And they said, absolutely. So it's another great thing about North Las Vegas is they're embracing their employees to go out and do stuff to get out in the community. And which, what makes that, that makes my job easier because now I have a story to tell without looking for a story. Yeah. And, and, and really it's not even a story. It's just what you do. Right. Cause I yeah, can't tell right. you how many guys I got that, that I work with throughout the years that like there's kids playing a pickup football game on the street. And one of these guys is out there playing with them. And when I became a boss, I'm like, Oh, please don't turn your ankle. Please don't That's hit it. a kid by accident. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Cause I'm looking at it through that, that end, but it yeah. means so much to those kids, you know, and, it really and does. again, when you get to 20 years, some of those kids are like, I remember when you came to my school and now they're working for me type thing where I'm like, oh, cool. I guess, I guess we did something good that day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, a, a warm feeling you get. And that's, again, that's why being a firefighter is such a reward. It's like, there's so many moments like that where you get that warm, warm feeling. Yeah. And you don't even notice it sometimes. Like when I look back, like we make a joke, we were at a, a community festival this is going way back and there were kids racing just like 50 yard dash races. And this one kid was smoking everybody. And like, I'm a fitness guy and a runner and things. And I'm like, uh-huh. man, I'm not going out there. And one of my other guys was like, I could take him." And we're all like, let's go, man. Let's get money on this and let's go. And he's like, well, there's a fence between us and him and the excuses started. But we still talk about that day that he said he could take this kid. I'm like, that kid is basically like Carl Lewis out there. And you're the refrigerator and he's Carl Lewis. Yeah, like, let's really talk about it. But those types of moments are things that you remember. And and trust me, if he went out there and got smoked by that kid, the kids would have definitely remembered it. And well, we wouldn't have let him forget. So. Yeah. And if you ever joined up on the fire department, he'd be like, oh yeah, I beat you. <laughs> so and it, isn't it funny how that. competitive we are too? It's like, I'm 47 years old and I've been filming the academies a lot. Um, and I'm like seeing these kids run through these things. I'm like, I could do that. I could beat them. And then I come to realize I've got three minutes in me after that three minutes. I'm sore for three weeks. So but that's all you need. I will beat that's you all you need for the glory. Minutes. You only need the yeah. three minutes for the glory. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> we but, do uh, that too. 
we run our yeah. state PPT testing and uh, the guys that are in there working it are all like, there's always one cycle. Somebody's always like, oh man, he said he was going to do it. You think he could have done it? And I'm like, he probably could have done it faster than all of them, but he would have been done forever if he did it. Like you just yeah, got to yeah. go that one time, man. That's yep. it. That's it. So that that's cool. And, and just again, the fact how, how far you've come and what you're doing now for your department. So that PIO job, you know, we talked a little in the beginning about it changing. You know, it went more from like, you're just not briefing after a fire or an incident and you're just not sending out press briefs to you're actually storyboarding your department essentially, right? For the public. Yeah. And do you remember how, whenever a PIO would come in before it, when I was younger, you kind of, everyone just kind of scattered, right? Everyone scattered. Nobody wanted to be on camera and nobody, nobody wanted to be on the news. We just like would run. Well, now because of our social media present, presence and with this new generation that enjoy and already know, I mean, they grew up with the camera. When I come, they're excited to work with me. They want their 15 minutes of fame and I'll, I'll give it to them every time. If they have ideas, I'll, I'll, Hey, give me some ideas. Let's do it. If they want to do something funny, they want to do something serious. Let's do it. And we, we usually get it done in a day. Yeah, because that, that algorithm is always changing and no one's going to deny that it exists for what you see. Um, I think the best comment I actually got from a recent guest was, you know, the algorithm, the algorithm is showing you what you want to see, though. So if you keep looking at positive things, you're going to keep seeing positive things. You keep looking yep. at negative things, you're going to see negative things. Yep, that is true. I, I got your audio still, but I lost you on the, on the camera. Oh, man, it's, it's got to be coming on your side, though. So I think we're still okay. good. Yeah, no again, in the technology world, technically, I'm supposed to be recording myself and you're recording you. So all of it should be there. We'll see. I'm yeah, excited to see there. how this works out. <laughs> and uh, um, to follow up on some of the video stuff that because of what my what I did on the off on my off duty side, what this has done for the fire department, my first uh, few months in, we had a, a new academy start and I told the fire chief that I wanted to film this academy like a reality show and put it on our YouTube channel. And like, I want to show the good, the show, the bad, show people get fired, show, I just wanted to show everything. He agreed with me. And after the first two episodes that I put on YouTube, uh, a streaming network called the First Responder Network, they called me up and they aired all 12 episodes on their network. And wow. that alone just made our recruitment go up. It, it's insane how they can actually see how it's a paramilitary organization. They can see them get yelled at. I always ask the person if they were, so we can, we're not allowed to say fired, non-confirmed, if they were being let go, um, if I can film them in that process and I'll do it tastefully. Uh, some said no, which I'd never filmed that part. And other people said, um, of course, because I want other people to learn from my mistakes. And tastefully i did it i'd mic them up put them in the chief's office where they were getting that conversation and i would just have the camera aimed at the door and we would just hear the audio so we wouldn't really see their faces or whatever and that really got the audience they're like wow they're showing what it's really like and yeah 12 episodes on a network all because of something that i learned on youtube on my off-duty time that is so awesome. And, and, you know, you said that word in there, that, that tastefully word, right. Mm -hmm. And it almost makes me, you know, just me being my, I guess my bleeding heart self, I'll put my nice side. Like, I feel bad for that person. That's like, I, I want somebody to learn. 
exactly. from what I did so they don't repeat it. And then you're like, oh, but you're still getting non-confirmed right now. Like, right. Right. <laughs> like this and, sucks. Whatever you did, that, is, the, it's what's going to happen. Yeah. And believe it or not, that specific person was invited back for the next Academy. Unfortunately, they didn't make it again, but they had the opportunity to come back. So. And, and those are and, the things that are going to happen too, right? You, mm -hmm. you want to be honest because you don't want to tell people, you know, everyone that starts here on day one is going to finish if you know that's not the case, right? You don't want to set people up for that, that denial or that like, you know, they have to work for this and it may not work out for you. Yeah. And, uh, but also yeah, and don't it, give up either. That's the other big part of it to have that person come back again. Like hopefully they went somewhere else and maybe it worked out for them there. Right. Um, you never know that. And it's right. something they'll always have to look back on as a, as a moment. And now in this also, they don't have an excuse not to uh, know how tough it is because pre having all this stuff on social media, you know, if we're, if we have to hire more medics in the academy because we're really low on medics, everyone thinks it's a free pass. Like, Hey, I'm a medic. I'm going to pass no matter what. Well, now they have no excuse. They see how hard it is. They see how physically demanding it is. And when they can't do anything physically, now we can say, well, you told me you watched the series. You saw how hard it was. And then all they can say now is like, yeah, but I'm a medic. A medic that can't do the job. So <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't work time. well here. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't work for us, maybe. Right? Maybe you missed that part of that documentary. Maybe you you, you tuned out for that part there. But yeah. it's a big deal, right? Because you're like you said, you're showing the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think that's what basically a documentarian's job is, right? It's not mm -hmm. to make it all peaches and cream. No. And, and we, we get the B-roll, pump the B-roll up to motivate them to think it's like, you know, it's funny when I was in the, uh, when I was in the Air Force, before I became a fireman, I, I tried out for pararescue and I didn't make it through the entire course basically, but uh, we got in trouble this one day where uh, someone actually urinated on the side of the wall and got busted instead of going inside and using the bathroom. So Sergeant Pope, he ran us just like we were in the movie Navy SEALs. I mean, we're carrying the Zodiac with people on it. We're doing push-ups, like running through thorn bushes. We're doing everything. And this one moment sticks out to me. He goes, and he, he had uh, throat cancer before, so he, he talks like this. He says, you guys thought this looked cool when you were watching Navy SEALs with Charlie Sheen, didn't you? And it, it was miserable. But if you see those B-roll segments, you're like, I want to be a Navy SEAL. This is awesome. But then when you're in it, doing it, you're like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? Totally a bad day. Totally the day you didn't want to be there. Yeah. Especially if you're the guy that pissed on the, on the side of the building and yeah, right. everybody's paying for it. Oh, it, it was a miserable time. You should have just paid for it yourself or just, you should have just peed on yourself, buddy. Like, right. been an easier yeah, just day let it go. Just like, let it out. Just let it go at that. Well, too, like, and, and that would be one of the most elite training pipelines out there when it comes mm -hmm. to the special forces. So, so congrats to you for making it however far you made it. Um, yeah, that, uh, that day was the, the, the day I failed out. And it wasn't because of the run. Um, you have to do a metrics conversion and a, um, uh, dive physics test. And as soon as we finished that run, we had to wash the sand off in like 20 seconds and go take that test. And I failed the test twice in a row and they're like, oh. you're out. Oh, just like but, that, man. <laughs> but I ended up being a fireman, which 
just reinvigorate my passion. So it, it's, not, it's, that it's bad, not that but bad. Not that bad. They yeah. actually, so I've, uh, they came to New Jersey. They would send them when they were doing their paramedic time, they would send them mm-hmm. down to Camden, New Jersey for a while. And so I knew some folks that were like precepting them in there and just being like, dude, this is crazy. These guys are being becoming a paramedic in two months. It takes us two right? years. Like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, but too, even that documentary, like there was, there's one about the pipeline with pararescue mm-hmm. men that, that I think actually my sons have watched that one with me now too, or on their own, but it's so interesting to be able to see that. And I think for a kid now, like now that I know about your documentaries, even people I know around here who contact me, like, I want to be a firefighter, go watch this, like yeah. really go watch this. Like, this is good stuff. Maybe every department is not like this, but this will give you a little bit of a start. Yeah. Exactly. And every department doesn't have to be like that, but just show what you're doing, get people interested. Yeah, no, it would be like, we, we started running our own department, our own department, our own, um, recruit training school. I don't know, seven or eight higher groups ago now, and it's grown and kind of what you're saying, if we were able to just show these kids a video now to be like, look, this is what they do the whole time. This is what they're learning. This is them smiling. This is them sad because I've been yep. there both days. You know, this is uh, someone who forgot their accountability tag one day and now they're wearing a piece of cardboard with their name on it that's dragging on the ground because it's so big um, and why they're doing that. But I think yep. that would be really beneficial for anyone to be able to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you just like go through the comments of, our social media, or even those videos, you, you know, you'll, you'll have the naysayers, like, why did you have to be so hard on them or, or whatnot? We don't even have to respond to those other people come in and respond to it. And that actually boosts our algorithm up. The, the more arguments we get, the, the further my videos get pushed or our without even responding pushed, so. to it. Cause someone else is doing it for you. Yeah, it's really so. interesting. We had that issue. And again, this is going back, you know, Facebook days, nine, 10 years ago with five, five, five fitness that people would start to bash us about firefighter fitness. Like why, why you wouldn't want a healthy firefighter. I still don't know, but whatever it is. And in the beginning you were commenting and then it got to be a point where other people started commenting and we're like, well, we don't have to comment anymore because our fans and our followers are yeah. very politely or edu- in an educational way engaging with that person and yeah. explaining to them why they're still wrong. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the thing that was eye opening to me on that, and I've had arguments with the city before because of those comments, they don't, they don't want it. But, um, one of my first videos, I did this segment called cooking with Kenny and we just had a three ingredient meal when you don't have time to cook, how to put it together, but it had Italian sausage in it and a vegan actually got on and, went off well i thought you guys are supposed to be healthy and blah blah this blah blah that and they just went off and i didn't type one word i mean all the other fire departments all around the country just they just went off on this guy and i just i just sat back and i was just like okay all right here it is here it is because and again too like with with social media you know never read the comments you know that's for sure i learned that i got featured in the new york times and uh I learned to not read the comments on that one because I'm figuring like, oh, New York Times, it's not going to be like a Facebook page of bashing me. Nope. And it, it, it was, it was the trolls are everywhere. Right. And that's it. That, yeah. That's the way it goes. Right. But it's that feeling of like, listen, people are going to hide behind their keyboard. There's going to be keyboard warriors. We all know it now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just within the past year, at least on the fire service side, we're seeing more people talk out against them 
and post things like don't and, do and this. that's the thing it's it's always the the minority that has the loudest voice and it's and they get whatever they want well now that we have people responding back to that small minority because if it's one person says one thing and then i have a hundred people sticking up for us and then when i have that argument with with leadership i'm like one guy versus a, a hundred one person versus a hundred people like whose side are you going to take Wh- who, who do you think's right and then they they're you know basically slowly starting to understand and generally, none of these folks are from your city or your department anyway. They're from wherever no. they are and wherever. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's insane. My favorite is they all have private profiles. Like yep. you go to click on them to see anything about them and there's nothing there. No like, picture, on, man. two followers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't post anything, but I want to comment on anything. Like, yeah. cause that's what my, so my kids, my son was on a few episodes back, the 13 year old, and they learn about, you know digital security in school mm-hmm. and being safe on, on social media and things. And even he's like, like he'll read some of the comments on stuff I've posted and he's like, what is wrong with these dudes, dad? Like don't even pay him any mind, buddy. They're just going to have her on. Just, yeah. Just, just let them go. It's pretty cool too, though. I had noticed before we even, you know, when I started following you, most of your personal social media is just great artsy pictures and videos. It's very little of the fire service and which it almost excites me more because you're not doing what the typical person would be doing if they were in your job. Yeah, I'm not like I'm on my Instagram. You, I put a couple of fire things on there because if I made something cool for the fire department, like yeah. I'll just throw that on mine. Unfortunately, I've been so busy as the PIO that I've let my social media, you know, slack off. So I'm only posting like every couple months or something. You know, my stories I'll I'll try to do every few days, but uh, I've got three years left. And then three years I'm retiring and I'm just going to do this full time. So nice. I mean, just I even will, the I, consulting end of what you can do when you retire yeah. with your knowledge now, right? It, that's actually what's been happening now. I have fire departments all over the country calling and asking uh, for advice. I was on the uh, primary complete podcast, the North Carolina oh, yeah. firefighters. Uh, I was on that. Ago. <laughs> yeah. Just when we were just talking about recruiting and it's like, they can only get 75 people to apply. Like, that's the same situation we are. So yeah, I could absolutely go around and help assist other departments and just, I don't know. I, I just want to teach them how to tell a story and just teaching that one person how to tell that story. They'll, they'll just, they'll blow up. And it's, it's such a big part of it because even I didn't understand it when I thought I understood how it all worked. And then when I kind of got involved in this public end of, of what it is I'm doing now, and I've been really fortunate to be featured, again, like I said, the New York Times, a Verizon wireless commercial that went a completely different way than I was cast for um, because the director wanted it to go a different way and saw something in me and eventually made me cry on camera. And right. like, yeah, you know, there's a little tear. A little tear came yeah. out talking about you my wife. Send me he that got, video. <laughs> he got the, the lip quiver right in the close-up oh, yeah. shot. And yeah. like... Like to talk about being on set with cool people and things, you know, all these folks and in, in, out in LA, they were all very interested because this was still in the pandemic. You know, we were getting uh, tested every day to be on set and things. Um, they were all so interested in me and being a firefighter. And I'm so interested in them. I'm like, what do you do? You're the grip. I've seen the grip. What's the grip do? Tell me, how does this work? How does that work? Um, and it was that back and forth that I think helped make that ad spot just what it really was for me and them. 
I think I know the exact ad you're talking about. <laughs> I do. It was it was I an do, experience. because it was it was right in the middle of 2020 when Verizon uh, was a little little on a little beyond then 2021. 2021. I mean, the big white wall is there. My wife is there. It's an experience. <laughs> yeah, I actually yeah okay. But right, I, but I remember you, that the Verizon campaign that they were yeah, doing for that. Yeah, that storytelling. <laughs> that you're doing and you're going to now eventually hope to teach people and help people do. It's such a big thing and can do so much for everyone else and the people that are in the campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, th like what I'm telling the, the city right now, trying to help them build up their social media. It's, it's like funny attracts people. I was like, try to get your videos on a rotation, do a funny one because that's going to get you the viralness. That's going to get you the followers that click it right off the bat then do something touching. And then out of all those people that just um, followed you, the people who are really interested will be touched by that story. And then do um, an interview type video <clears throat> and doing a rotation like that, you get the the, vibe, the funny thing is gonna get you the followers. The, the, the touching thing is gonna cement that you, that those people that just now trust you to, to tell stories, they're gonna stick around. And then the interview is gonna let those people understand who you really are or who that person in that story really is. It's giving it away for free folks. That's the secret sauce right there. I feel yeah, like, right. right. And, and whoops. It's all right though. Cause, cause there's yeah. way more that goes into it too, but that's there, it. There you, you need to definitely though have that because if you're always serious all the time, it's not going to work. You know, if you're always yeah. highlighting the negative, it's not going to work, you know, again to, to, and I'm sure, I don't know who does it for the FDNY, but you know, whenever they get some kind of a rescue, whether it be fire or EMS, they highlight that crew within 72 hours. You know, yeah. if they have like an off duty CPR save, they highlight that crew. Um, yeah. They highlight what they're doing in the community. And that's, that's brilliant because again, everyone thinks we just sit on recliners and play <laughs> pool. They don't, I, I, it's, it's crazy to this day. People still don't understand how much EMS the fire service does nowadays. You know, 97% yeah. of our calls per last year's statistics were all EMS and people are calling 911 nonstop, you know. It's crazy that people don't understand what EMS does still to this day. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> right? It's like true. In, in, in reality, like, you know, I mean, it, it was born in the 60s, I guess, late 50s, early 60s. And people are still like, whatever, those ambulance drivers. That's what they call us, the ambulance drivers. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, don't you guys mind hire me. medics? Yeah, we hire yeah. medics. Yeah the two years of school I went to to become a paramedic and racked my brain learning all of this stuff, not just an ambulance driver. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's too, it's something else that can be highlighted that really should be, you know, the fire medic end of what your job is where you are. We don't, so in New Jersey, a very different place. We don't have fire medics. Um, but you highlighting that is going to teach people like, Oh, this is what really goes on. And hopefully the folks that are taking your job, are understanding what they're getting themselves into because that's another yeah. misnomer, right? Yeah, that that is true. Yeah, I think I think when I got on this department, what what eighteen years ago, we weren't a transporting department, and then we re evolved into transporting, and then we took it away. We always had medic a medic on every single rig, and we worked well with the privates. We all we both respond, but in the end, we put them in the back of their box and. We go Peace home out. after a 15 minute call. Now we're transporting, so it, it's different. But yeah, seeing that evolution of uh, the older guys still going to gripe and complain about it, but the new guys are brought into this transporting. So that's all they know. 
Yeah. So now they're, they're just happy about it. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> say happy. They, they still want that fire. <laughs> Most definitely. But at least, you know, again, it, it's a huge transition to go from non-transport agency to transport agency. Cause that is a huge part of EMS that most firefighters, like we do first responder program and we'll mm-hmm. jump in and, and go with them if they need help or drive or right. something, but it is nothing like, you know, working on a bus for 12 hours and doing 18 calls. <laughs> no, that's crazy. And, and each call, I mean, it takes a long time to drop someone off of the hospital and, and, you know, it actually kind of ruined the kitchen table a little bit because before a call 10, 15 minutes long, now sometimes the turnaround's two hours. So you get back, you're having a cold dinner now, or you're just going to eat out. So yeah, that's the, do your the ups and downs of, of transporting. It's great for the community. It's great for the, for the patients, uh, the motivation for the firemen. It kind of takes a little spark away, but like I said, our guys are getting used to it and we, you know, we adapt and overcome everything. And that's it, right? You're, you're getting used to it. No one said, again, it was going to be peaches and cream when they walk in and right. it probably took a lot of adaptation to it. You know, yeah. just, anything does that's new. So it's, it's, it's cool to see it moving forward at least and to know, you know, you guys are having a big success with it. Yeah, it really is. So, listen, man, this has been a great hour, Jake. I've I learned so much more about you and I'm, I'm so excited you took the time out of your day to come on because it's early in the morning where you are and you have a big week this week where you are. So I'm sure you're going to be a little busy with, uh, with the game in town. Yeah, I actually, uh, I did the opening. I got free tickets to the opening night media day. Got to walk around that last night. That was pretty cool. Just watch uh, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes talk on the, at his presser. That was kind of nice. Although I'm rooting for the Niners. <laughs> well, you know, kind of West coast, Moorish than anything else. Uh, yeah, well. I got to do it. I'm, I'm a Patriot fan, true and true, you know, for being from Boston, but uh, I just, I'm not a Chiefs fan. Come on, man. You, could, you couldn't have like wormed your way in to be like, you know, PIO, North, North Las Vegas I, Fire. I got a question for you, Patrick. So if I was, if I had my, I have a little media pass, uh, but <laughs> I left, I got the ticket same day. Someone, my buddy called, hey, I got a free ticket. You want to go? I, I would have tried to push a oh, man. I should <laughs> If I had a few a few extra hours, I probably I probably could have got it done. Travis, Travis, I heard you wanted to be a firefighter. What do you think about yeah. that? Like, <laughs> I, I actually wanted to go in with my microphones and just uh, ask everybody baseball questions. <laughs> like, so the firehouse baseball is a much bigger sport than football. So let's talk baseball right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but th- those are the things too that like you doing that at an event like that. That is viralness without viralness. One video, yeah. you know what I mean? Could could get more people interested in your department, more people in your community interested in your department, and they can learn some things, you know, hopefully to, yeah. to save themselves or save someone around them. Yeah, I, I agree. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I don't want to keep you too long because I'm sure you got a, a busy day of uh, handstands on cliffs or something like that you have to go do. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to rethink that one, but no, I, like I, I appreciate the time. I, I really no, appreciate the time. No, 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 man. And I'd love to finish up with this. Like it's supposed to be a quick 10 questions. Sometimes they're quick, sometimes they're not. So yeah. if you wouldn't mind hitting the size of yeah, 10 with it. me. Yeah, cool. All right, man. Beach or mountains? Oh, that's a tough one. I got to go mountains though. I see. You can't really, handstands on the beach are boring anyway. So, All right. Night out or night in? Night out. Really? See, most people, when they stall with the question, because they want to say they want to go party with a night out, but they go with night in because they know the truth that they'll be in bed by 10. So I'm proud of you for that. (laughs) A good book or a good movie? Uh, I am a movie guy, but I I also like a good book. 
Nah, I'm still going to go good movie. Stick with the movies. Yeah. A cross-country road trip. Who is your celebrity co-pilot? Does it have alive to be, or dead? But does it have to be like a movie star or just nope? A it star? could be anybody, any famous person. That Rob Gronkowski. Know. Oh, there's a good one. It's a good one. I, I ran into him a few years ago at an event. Very, very nice guy to meet yeah. really quickly <laughs> to bump into. Do you make your bed every day? I do. Of course you do. You're in the military. What's a book everybody should read? Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, the Roman emperor. Oh, man, dude, this guy, he's like, you're like an onion with layers. You're going to have to come back <laughs> on because there's way more going on behind the camera. Nobody wants to talk to the guy behind the camera, but now I do. So <laughs> what are you going to take if you had a choice, highways or back roads? Back roads. A bucket list place to visit. Uh, it's actually the, the last continent that I haven't traveled to, Antarctica. <laughs> See, so many more continents, man. We got Africa, we got Iceland, and now we got to get to one more place. So I'm in. If you book the trip, I'll go with you. All right. Uh, all right. Football or football? Oh, football all the way. And last one. Yeah. The best advice you could give to your younger self. Uh, you can't move forward looking in the rearview mirror. I like it. So live in the, live in the moment. I like it a lot, man. You know, you can learn a lot from what you did in the past, but you can't just keep staying there, right? You got to keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's a good one. And that is a great way to end. So Jake, appreciate you coming on today, man. I look forward to, to learning some more about you in the future too. This has been a great hour. I appreciate you. You have uh, enjoy the rest of your week, my man. Awesome, man. Take care. Be safe. All right. Have a good one.